Let me tell you something. Jonah was in the deep water. The very deep water. Well, actually, he had been thrown out of the ship because his shipmates believed he was the cause of such a ferocious storm. Well, the story of Jonah is incredible. Here is a man that had been called of God to preach repentance in the evil city of Nineveh. And he refused because he was afraid the folks would not listen. And what did he do? He ran the other way, the exact opposite, to Tarsus. And on the ship, they came up against such an enormous storm, and Jonah landed in the deep water, drowning. But the story didn't end there. He was swallowed up by this big fish. And you know, the giant fish could have been a shark. It, matter of fact, history records other sailors were swallowed and rescued. Matter of fact, one man I, I read in the mid 1700s toured Europe with the preserved body of a 3,000 shark, a 3,000 pound shark that had swallowed him. Or as scientists will, scientists will tell you, sperm whale is another example. Because of their size, they are capable of swallowing humans. They live on squid. And then in some historical work I looked back in, in 1955, a 405-pound squid was removed intact inside the belly of a sperm whale. And what happened to Jonah while he was inside that fish, however, is the focus of what I want to say this morning. Not so much the story that you know of Jonah. Perhaps you feel like you've been thrown off your ship. Perhaps you feel abandoned and afraid in this world, especially after the events of this weekend. Perhaps you're anticipating this Thanksgiving and Christmas season with a lot of trepidation, anxiety, depression, shopping, family, get-togethers, parties, ball games. We've named that the hustle and bustle of the season. But this morning, I just want you to stop. I want you to take inventory of where you are. And let's allow something different to happen. Let's allow God to teach us from Jonah, from the belly of a big fish. And believe it or not, what Jonah faced, there are four things that he can teach us and will teach us of how we go about approaching and celebrating the season of Christmas Advent and, in particular, Thanksgiving. Now, why do I preach a message like this? Well, I'll be honest with you. First of all, God told me to. There's no doubt. And second, I just want to encourage us as we approach this season of the year, because especially here in a couple of weeks, I want us all the time, to live a life of, of thank you. That's what we were talking about a few weeks ago, of practicing the presence of God. But I want us to stop and physically, in our hearts, and verbally acknowledge to the Lord, thank you 
I mean, we could start that right here and we'd be here all afternoon with, with you saying thank you to God. So I'm in the Old Testament in the book of Jonah. We're in chapter 2. We're going to deal with the verse 10 verses. And we're going to learn that Jonah is about to give us from advice, some advice, four pieces of wisdom whereby you and I can use as we now are moving very quickly in to Thanksgiving and Christmas. Does it seem like the seasons are coming shorter? I mean, they're coming quicker every year. It just seems like we just finished one season and now into another. Well, here are those four things from the belly of the whale. Or maybe not a whale, a big fish. I'm in verses 1 and 2. Here's the first thing Jonah would tell you and would tell us this season of the year. Don't forget the Lord. Don't forget the Lord. And in this, there's a couple things I want to tell you in verses 1 and 2. The first thing I want to tell you is we don't forget the Lord, is He's got to be the first one we call on first. So call on the Lord first. Listen to these two verses. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. I cried out for help in the belly of Sheol, and you heard my voice. Well, he called on the Lord first. What did he do? He prayed. The word pray in there in the Hebrew means exactly what it says, but this word is the word used to pray in the midst of a crisis. I think Jonah was indefinitely in the midst of a crisis. This Christmas season, we ought to make sure in this Thanksgiving season, our prayer life is beefed up. And not just rely on God in times of crises, but every day of our life. But then the Bible says here in these verses that Jonah called on the Lord. In Hebrew, that's a word we pronounce kara. It's transliterated, written in English, Q-U-A-R-A, but it's pronounced kara. And it literally means, yes, to call. But once again, it's like the New Testament kaleo in the Greek. It means to call with the intent to do something about it. In other words, you're not just calling on the Lord. You want to be a part of what He's doing. Puts a whole different message on that. To call on God first. And that call understands By the very fact that you're calling on Him means two things. First, you want to do something to help the situation and be a part of His work. And, yes, to call on Him for help and strength to get it done. I believe Jonah was in that kind of predicament. So he called on God first. He prayed. He called. But then there's another word under this very thing is that he called out. He cried out to God. The Bible says he called out from the belly of Sheol. And if you go back in the Old Testament, Sheol, and you look at it, the definition of Sheol is the abode of the dead, the darkness, the blackness, the absence from God. So it seemed like, and I hadn't been in the belly of a great fish, but it seemed like, at least for Jonah and for him, in this darkness, in this blackness, he was in the belly of death itself. And so what's Jonah do? 
He calls on God. My prayer, folks, is that, yes, we would call on the Lord by not forgetting Him. But there's a second thing as far as don't forget the Lord. Call on the Lord first, but then what did Jonah do in verse 3? He said, the Lord is sovereign. The Lord is sovereign. Listen to verse 3. You threw me into the depths, into the heart of the sea, and the current overcame me. All your breakers and billows swept over me. Do you hear the language? You threw me, your breakers, your billows, your sea. What's he doing? He's acknowledging the very sovereignty of God. God owns the waves. God owns the sea. God owns it all. He is sovereign. And I hope as we look to France and the devastation and the horrible tragedy that that was, despite it all, we will understand nothing, absolutely nothing gets by God. And so here we are approaching Thanksgiving and Christmas. Nothing in your life will get by God. You can't hide. We need to call on God first. We need to understand the Lord is sovereign. Don't forget the Lord. Jonah didn't. And he didn't let that old adversary around him change his heart. Why? He knew God was sovereign. The man was terrified. He was running away from God. But now God had allowed him, in essence, threw him overboard in the deep. He wouldn't have survived only a very few minutes. And God sent this great fish to save Jonah. A lady was telling the story of Jonah to her vacation Bible school children, in particular her six-year-olds. And the children started talking about how they would try to escape if they were swallowed like Jonah. And one of those little ones said, I'd start a fire in the whale's stomach and he'd just cough me out due to the smoke. Another one said, I'd stomp on his tongue till he spit me out. Well, the ideas got wilder by the minute, but then one little thoughtful girl spoke up and she says, you know what? I'd call on my daddy and wait till he got me out. Maybe we need to call on our daddy and let him take care of us. Amen? Amen. That's what Jonah did. Please, at Thanksgiving, at Christmas, Constantly, not just one time, constantly turn to God. Don't forget Him. There's a second thing that Jonah did. Number two is this. Look to the Lord. Now, don't forget the Lord. Now, he says, look to the Lord. He says, Randy, that sounds like something of what you've just said. Yeah, but it's different from the standpoint of the Hebrew language. When you look to the Lord, the first thing that you're going to have to do, that we must do, is focus on the Lord. Focus on Him. Look at verse 4. But I said, I have banished you from sight, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. Why was He banished? Because of His sin. Jonah now is seeking complete forgiveness from God, and then he uses that Hebrew word to look. 
And it, the, the best way to describe that is a scanner. When you put something on a scanner, the light runs under it or over it, depending on where it is, and it captures every little piece of the image. The word look to the Lord means that you not scan, yes, but it's a, it's, it's a strong stare. It's a focus. It's almost you get to the point where you've ever just had your eyes fixed on something and somebody kind of has to hit you the Shake you back to reality. That's what this word is. Look to the Lord. Make sure you're focused. Jonah even said he looked toward Jerusalem. Now, let me tell you what. Is he in the deep water about the ground and he's shaking his head? Which way is Jerusalem? No. I am convinced here he's talking about the new Jerusalem. Yes, the holy temple was in Jerusalem, but he was talking about heaven itself, the abode of God. And he's looking to God. He's crying out to God. He's looking to the Lord. There is a focus there. His focus then was not like Peter on the waves and everything going around. His focus was on the Lord. Everything Satan wants to distract you with this Thanksgiving and Christmas season. Don't let him do it, folks. Look to heaven. Focus on the Lord. Because he knew his answer was not to swim out of the fish. He knew that he had one answer, and that answer was God. But now I want you to understand something with me. Jonah looked to God. Every time in these ten verses you see the word Lord in your translation, it will be in full caps. The reason that's in the full caps is because it is known as the Tetragrammaton. That's not a game on, that you play. Tetragrammaton is a big word that simply means four letters. And it is the name of God that God gave to Moses at the burning bush. Moses says, who do I tell men that sent me? And God said, you tell them who? I am sent you. The word I am in the Hebrew is written as the name of God. And it is the only name in Hebrew. There are no vowels in Hebrew language. None. We have what we call vowel pointing. If you ever look at Hebrew, it's read from right to left, back to front, and it has all these little dots and dashes underneath all this little squiggly line stuff. Well, those little squiggly line things are consonants. All those dots and dashes and doggish lanes and doggish fortes and all this and whatever, that's just to help you pronounce it. There were no vowels in the Hebrew language, and there's still no vowels in the Hebrew language. When you see the Hebrew written... And you come to the Tetragrammaton, the word Lord, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. You will never see it printed with vowels in the Hebrew. Modern day Hebrew will not pronounce, you will not pronounce the name Yahweh. And I, again, I'm the same way in many respects. Unless I'm using that in the context of a teaching or trying to explain something, I don't use that term. Because it's a holy name. It's the holy name of God, folks. It's the first name. It's God's name that He gave to Moses. Now later when we end up in heaven, after all is said and done, and we've talked about that, there's going to be a new name. God's going to write and give you a new name. There's going to be something we've never understood. But for now, the personal name of God is the Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H, and we believe that that term is pronounced Yahweh. 
Lord, the name of God. Every time in these verses that Jonah calls on the Lord, he calls on Yahweh. It is not Adonai, it is Yahweh. It is not Elohim, it is Yahweh. Folks, that is significant. Jonah knew who he was talking to. So at Christmas and Thanksgiving, we know who he's talking to. So focus on the Lord. That's what Jonah tells us to do. But in light of that too, as we in this, don't let Satan sidetrack you. Look at verse 5. Then the waters engulfed me up to my neck. The watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. Now, folks, this wasn't just a normal storm. It was fierce. It was raging. Jonah had never seen the inside of a t- intestine of a big fish. And it seemed as though he was in hell. And he realized that he was in the deepest water to the point of drowning. And without God's help, he would not survive. He further illustrates that when he says the seaweed had wrapped. The word wrapped there means to bind tightly like a turban. It means to bind so tight you can't get it off without help. Then I think of sin. Sin has us so bound up. We can't get it off, folks, without help. But the cross is what changed it all. Folks, Satan will want to sidetrack you this year, every year, every day. But I believe he zeroes in on committed children of God at the Thanksgiving and the Christmas season. Why? Because you are worshiping Yahweh. God becomes man. You are thanking people, thanking this world, thanking those around, but in particular, thanking Yahweh, God Himself. Satan wants to wrap you up so tightly, he doesn't want you in any way to understand. Don't let Satan sidetrack you. The third thing that Jonah is going to teach us about Thanksgiving and Christmas is this. Always remember your hope is in the Lord. Always remember your hope is in the Lord. I love verse 6 here. The very fact that the Bible says that the Lord has raised you from the pit. Verse 6, I sank to the foundations of the mountains. The earth with its prison bars closed behind me forever. What's he saying? I thought I was dead. But you raised me from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. You go back in the Hebrew and you look at that word pit. It's the word Shabbat. S-H-A-B-A-T. It's the grave. Actually, the word means to dig a hole and dig a grave. So when the pit, he's talking about the grave. He's talking about complete, total death. And it says, no, Jonah says, my hope was going to be in the Lord this Thanksgiving, this Christmas season, when Satan wants to get you in the pit. And folks, at this time of year, there are a lot of people in the pit. They don't have loved ones and family close by. 
They're dealing with every kind of issue that is imaginable in this world. And it comes to a head during the days of Thanksgiving and Christmas. They, the most, the worst time of suicide throughout the entire year is the seasons of Thanksgiving and Christmas. Why? Everybody's partying. Everybody's having a wonderful time. Everybody, but then you think I'm the only one in the world who has this, that, other and problem. Don't you ever forget your hope is in the Lord. He's raised you up out of the pit of sin. He's taken care of it for you because He's taken every sin you'd ever commit and He's died for you. Don't let Satan make you think you are junk. You're not. That's what Jonah's telling us. Our hope is in the Lord. Yes, we will sink to the foundations of the mountains. We're going to have those difficult times. The earth will seem like a prison, and it will feel like it's closing in behind us. But then Jonah says, oh, Lord, but you raised me up from the pit. You know what you can do this Christmas season? There are a lot of folks that will be feeling like they're in the pit, but you can be their messenger of hope. The word messenger in the Greek is the word angelos. We get our word angel from that. How about being an angel for somebody at Christmas? There are a lot of angels right here. Today's the last day to bring those boxes. we got a bunch of them in the office, and you can bring them today or by noon tomorrow so we can get them to the distribution center. But, you know, you've become those of you, you that's one way of being an angel to somebody. I can only imagine those little children all over the world. And we don't know where these boxes are going to end up. But when they open that. And little things we all take for granted in the United States or in Marietta, Georgia. Those little ones will open up and you'll make somebody. You'll be a, you'll be a messenger of hope. It may be the person next door. It may be family. I don't know. But this year, let's make sure we're a messenger of hope. To some people. That's what Jonah did. He knew that God had raised him up from the pit. And, the, and look at verse 7 with me. What, another thing Jonah did with, with this whole understanding is that he remembered the Lord. Look at Jonah 2 verse 7. And my life was fading away. I remembered Yahweh. My prayer came to you, to your holy temple. I am so glad. Verse 7 is in there. I remembered Yahweh, the Lord. The word remember, yes, it means to think about, it means to meditate, it means to mention, it means to have a desire. But I am convinced that the greatest Thanksgiving and Christmas gift that you and I can give to God is the advice from Jonah. Remember Yahweh. Remember is not just a glancing thought, but it's remembering the cross. It's remembering what he did. And because of that, you and I can be an angel to somebody this Christmas or to some people. Our hope is in the Lord. Don't forget that part of Jonah's teaching. Then there's a fourth and final one, let me tell you. Worship the Lord. Now, this is worship. No doubt. But I'm not talking about corporate worship here. We're going to come together. We're required. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We're to come together for worship. I'm talking about personal worship. 
I'm talking about those times in your car, those times in your closet, those times wherever you may be, where you worship God. So what's it say in verses 8 and 9 right here of chapter 2? It says to offer what? Offer a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Now here is Jonah in the belly of this great fish. And look at verse 8. Those who cling to worthless idols forsake faithful love. In other words, if I believe my salvation is coming through this big fish, i got another thing coming. And then verse 9, here's what he said. He said, but as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving, and I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation is from the Lord. So when it comes to making sure we worship the Lord, the Bible says offer a sacrifice of praise. What is a sacrifice of praise? Think about that. We have a song, sing that we bring the sacrifice of praise. How do you bring a sacrifice of praise? Does a sacrifice cost you something? Yes. When you sacrifice praise, maybe you don't feel like praising God. Maybe I don't feel like preaching on that Sunday. God has a word to me, Randy, you preach in season or out of season. God has a word for me and you, those who cling. I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. Maybe this Thanksgiving season, not only are we thankful for those around us and thankful for God, but we live that kind of a lifestyle. Maybe at Christmas this year, we let people know how thankful to God we are for them and what they mean in our life. Maybe a brief letter. You know, one thing I don't do at Christmas is send Christmas cards. And the reason is I'll forget someone. I can't do that and take that risk. That's why you never get a Christmas card from Randy and Connie. I don't do that because I've got not only you all, people all over this world that I'd have to find ways to send Christmas cards to. But what about in your Christmas cards this year? Everybody always signs it, love, have a Merry Christmas and whatever. Why not take a little bit, I know it's extra effort, and right at the bottom of that, I just want to thank you for dot, 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 and send that Christmas card. I'm telling you, folks, you couldn't buy a Christmas gift that would be any more expensive and worth more than anybody than that little card that you got. One year, my daughter Bethany wrote, well, she writes me cards constantly, but I mean at Christmas. And she wrote me a little Christmas card, and no, I'm not going to read you what she said, but it was very intimate and very powerful for my daughter's love for her daddy. And do you know, to this day, I never go anywhere without that letter in my briefcase. She couldn't have bought me a gift. She couldn't have done anything else to me. But that letter is now five years old. And it comes in and out of this office with me every day, and it goes everywhere I go. Just because she put two lines Maybe this Christmas on your Christmas card, you might add a little note. I'm going to tell you, you just might be a messenger of hope. And it would be the very fact that you're worshiping 
God by offering a sacrifice of praise. The final thing, part of this, is part of worshiping the Lord. I want to tell you one final thing. What did he, what was the final thing that Jonah did? Salvation is from the Lord. Verse 9 and 10, or in verse 9, the last part of verse 9. He acknowledged from the belly of that great fish that when you worship the Lord, you must understand that salvation is coming completely from the Lord. Now, why did I include that? Because we're living in a world, we're living even in the midst of an evangelical faith where people are teaching their other ways to heaven than through Jesus. You know, you can preach Allah, you can preach, and you can go on throughout all the other little G-O, little G-O-D-S, and everything will be fine. Folks, it won't be fine. The Bible says there's only one name under heaven whereby somebody can be saved, and that's Jesus. How this world is trying to figure out their other ways to heaven, how, God forbid, Southern Baptist preachers are now actually saying some, not all by no means, a few, are saying their other ways to heaven than through Jesus. What has happened? Satan has sidetracked us. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I vowed to do. What had Jonah vowed to do? Turn around and go to Nineveh. And he did. Why? Because salvation is from the Lord. In that last verse, then the Lord commanded the fish. Then, after all that, it was after all that, I think this is interesting. The Lord commanded the fish, and it threw up Jonah on the dry land. God saved Jonah. Four things. Don't forget the Lord. Look to the Lord. Remember the intent? Make sure this Christmas and Thanksgiving your hope is found in the Lord because He's raised you up from the pit as you remember Him. And then make sure you worship the Lord. Offer that sacrifice of praise. Realizing that salvation comes from God as you and I can become a messenger of hope. To God be the glory. And Jonah, good advice. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your teaching from your word that has just shown us today. From a story we all have known and read and heard probably many sermons about. But today, Lord, we looked at it from the standpoint of Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and what Jonah, that reluctant prophet, as we call him, made a big change very quickly. So, Father, may help us to have that kind of trust. Help us to have that kind of surrender in our life. And most of all, may your will be done in all that we do. I do pray and thank you in the very name of Jesus. Amen. And amen.